We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on again tonight. Hope everyone is doing well. Um, Just a few short days away from the college football season starting. Uh, just a couple days away from week zero, and I'm excited to have on the episode today Eric, who runs the Sideline Sports Network Illinois account, and I'm excited about that because I will be attending Illinois' week zero game against Wyoming this week. So Eric, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Bobby, thank you for having me on. I'm stoked, man. I'm excited to talk uh, Illini football and excited for you to, uh, to get to Memorial Stadium and enjoy a game. Absolutely. I, I've I've been to Champaign and on the campus many, many times because of my basketball background. Um, I, I will say I grew up a diehard Michigan basketball fan because of my dad. Oh, okay. Because, because of my dad. Go, go blue guy. <laughs> yes, yes. My dad was a, was a big Michigan basketball fan, player and everything. So it, that just kind of, that just kind of happened just just through that but so I've, I've been to the basketball games many many times and i love going to basketball games there i think it's just a fantastic atmosphere yeah it, it really is I've, I've like you probably been to to a lot of games there well what's now uh state farm center was mm-hmm. assembly hall but I, I do think it's just a great place to catch a basketball game absolutely and i and i love that the Illinois high school ranks for boys basketball is starting to send their state tournament there. I think it's great for the sport. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, just being the state school, obviously you want to host as many state events as you can. Um, I think, I can't remember if it was for the IHSA for football or basketball, but I know they're in negotiations. I think it's for football, um, trying to decide a spot, but I, you're right. I, I just love getting the high school you know athletes to campus and getting them to the state school to to represent for the state absolutely and i guess we'll we'll start off well we'll start off this interview like when and why did you become an illinois fan okay so first of all i love this question so thank you for asking this question um so for me when would have been about nine months old. Wow. Um, <laughs> and the why would have been just my grandpa had season tickets and, you know, was just going to games pretty much every home game every year. So I was born and they just kind of took me along with. And yeah, so ever since nine months old, I've been in Memorial Stadium, you know in the bleachers just a part of that atmosphere and yeah it's it's in my veins man i mean it's all i can remember honestly that's awesome i love that that's kind of like my story with the university of michigan and now 
now doing this podcast, I try to be as neutral as I possibly can with the teams, sure. that, the teams that I cheer for. And, uh, I, I live not very far from the university of Illinois. So I, I think I, I, I have a lot of people that I live around people I work with and everything that are really, really pulling for this team to do something this year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, with Brett's first season, um, you know, five and seven, I think people were pleasantly surprised. I mean, not a lot of first year head coaches had that kind of success, especially, I mean, I say success, five, five wins, like, right. But at Illinois, like if you, if, if you can get five wins in your first season, that is well above the watermark for previous you know, right. coaching regimes in year one. Absolutely. And I got to ask, like, what, what are the fan bases, the fan base thoughts on Brett Bielema? I know he's a local guy. He's from Northern Illinois, uh, from Prophetstown, that area, Silvis, that area up there. Um, what, what are the fan, what's the fan base think of him? So I guess I'll start with personally, personally, when they hired Brett, I, I was a, a little hesitant just because of the way his stint went down in Arkansas. And it kind of seemed like maybe he got run out of town a little bit. And then you hadn't really heard his name since then. And then you started hearing story, you know, started hearing like, Oh, he's been in the NFL. He's been an assistant. He's, you know, still been in football, still, you know, working through the ranks and things like that. So you know, as I read more and more, I grew more and more content with it. Um, and then pretty much every time I hear him speak about, you know, Illinois football, the brand, just the way he coaches, you know, the way he connects with the players. I mean, I, I grow to like him more and more. Um, and I would say generally the fan base, I mean, a solid, solid portion of Illini fans were like done with Lovey Smith, like they just wanted right. something new. Um, and when Brett got hired, him being a home state guy and knowing all of the success that he had at Wisconsin, knowing that he, you know, done, did it before in the Big Ten, uh, specifically the Big Ten West, and knew how to succeed. I think a lot of people were ex mildly excited. I guess is how I would put it. And then after year one, um, after last year's season, I think people, you know, are starting to get. They're starting to get up for it a little bit, like have a little bit higher expectations. As Illinois football fans, we're so guarded, like we just don't, we don't, we don't want to get ourselves too high because we've just seen the cycle before. Um, but I do think people are starting to, to I don't know, fall into it a little bit. To, you know, fall into the possibilities of of what could be successful football. Right, right. I. I can relate to that. I am a diehard Detroit Lions fan growing up in Michigan my whole life. So I, I completely understand how you have the, the guarded optimism that you just, you don't want to get too excited and it just because you've seen it before. Yeah, absolutely. I, and speaking of the Detroit Lions, I like what they're doing up there. I can't remember the coach's name, but I, I like him. I like his personality. I think it fits Detroit really well. Absolutely. Um, and also they drafted our guy, Kirby Joseph. Yes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on the Lions. I was super excited when, when we drafted him because I, I loved how he played at the University of Illinois, and I think he's a great fit into the 
system that the Lions have. Yeah, looking forward to see to see uh, you know what he can do up there. Well, I think the, the the lifeblood of college football and college sports in general is uh, recruiting, and obviously, the previous regime with Lovey Smith, there were some issues there, um, and Brett seems to have picked that up. So, what what would necessarily be your thoughts personally, and maybe the thoughts of the fan base and how that's going? Yeah, so I guess let's. Let's take a step back to Lovey's recruiting. So I think at his best um, in 2019, and that was the year that they got, um, you know, all the St. Louis kids, the mm-hmm. Shimon Cooper, Isaiah Williams. They got Marcus Beeson was like the highest regarded recruit since Aurelius Banner, something crazy. Like, I think that class ranked 35th nationally. Um and that's phenomenal, honestly, for Illinois football. Right. It, was, it was really an outlier. You know, most of Lovey's classes were somewhere in the 50 to 60 range, so nationally. Now you jump to Brett. Brett's only had one recruiting class. I mean, he had 2021, but that was all guys that he just inherited you know, right. from Lovey, Lovey's uh, staff recruiting. Um, so I don't really count that one. But uh, last year was his first his first full recruiting class. And it was, I think, low 60s nationally. Um, and honestly, for, for Illinois football, I think 50 to 60 is an appropriate marker. Like, if I think that's just where you're at right now. If you can right. build momentum into something and get, you know, into, you know, say the, the 30 to 50 range, I think that's kind of maybe ceiling. Um for Illinois football, but um, yeah, to, to go back to, to what Brett's doing, so specifically, the big like 180 turn from what Lovey was doing was Lovey, I guess, I don't want to say couldn't care less about in, in-state recruits, but it definitely wasn't his priority. Um, and he was definitely the type of coach that was like, didn't want to pander to recruits, I guess is what I want to say. Like, he, he expected recruits to fall in love with like him and his pedigree and what the university had to offer and didn't necessarily like the idea of selling it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And Brett is like a a total 180. One, he wants to keep, you know, in-state talent at Illinois, um, which I know a lot of people are excited about. Um, And he's, he, he gets it. He gets college recruiting. He understands that you do have to, you do have to sell these kids. You do have to, you know, um, you do have to pander a little bit and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, gush things up and, and just make, make the effort, I guess. And so people are very happy with that. Now, that being said, the 2022 class that he had, I think, I don't know if I already said this, you know, it, it's in the sixties. So it, it's about the same as what, as what Lovey was doing, but, a lot of in-state recruits. There's a couple big recruiting wins over um, over other Big Ten rivals. That uh, first person that comes to mind is uh, Aiden Lawfrey, running back. Um, he basically was deciding between Iowa and Illinois, and you know, for the last ten years, you know, that kid goes to Iowa, right? But he picked Illinois, and everybody, you know, was stoked about that, and understandably so. Like you want to see the top kids in state 
you know, if not at least, if not choose Illinois, at least be considering Illinois. So I think that's something Brett's focused on. I think that's that's something that I can definitely respect and that the fan base is excited about. I agree with that. I mean, I think it's very, very important to keep the in-state talent here. I mean, there, there's plenty of guys here that are t- very, very talented and that can obviously play in the Big Ten and play at a high level. And and I love hearing you say that Brett is doing what, at least it seems to be, is doing what he needs to be doing to get those kids. Yeah, I, that was like his first his first mantra when he came in. I remember him saying, "Like we're gonna we're gonna lock down the state from I can't I can't remember the cities he said, but basically just pick you know west, right, right. east, north, south. Like we're there's gonna be a lockdown of the state or whatever. And a lot of coaches have said that before, but haven't actually followed through with it. I think this uh, current staff has a really good um, plan in place. Like each coach, each assistant has." A different like zone in the state I guess that they're you know supposed to be keeping track with and keeping in touch with and um, so yeah they're definitely making the effort and have a plan and at least with the first recruiting class it seemed like it worked that's good that's great to hear because I mean that's like I said that's what you want and that's what you need for uh, a program like Illinois to continue to grow and to get to get where the fans would like to see it to be yeah I think so too and I mean, at first, uh, for me personally, it, it sometimes seems a little a little gimmicky, just how like net like nationwide, you know, college sports are now. Like, you don't have to stick to regions. I mean, let's mm-hmm. look at the Big Ten expansion. Like, you grab two teams from the West Coast to hit the Los Angeles market. Like, it's the, it's no longer about you know location and right. region you can you can kind of go anywhere to, to get to get talent you know absolutely um, but that being said um brett said something he said um the the, the students that play for the university of illinois need to represent the state or something along those lines like it it needs to look like kids from Illinois, I guess is what he was saying. And to that extent, like, I sort of get it. Like, you you want to have something that resembles where you are still, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that, that, part, that part I definitely liked. Plus, people from the home state are just going to care more about right. the success of the university rather than somebody from Florida or somebody from Texas that comes in and you know and they're just trying to play ball you know um but don't necessarily understand the um you know the gravity of the state school i guess right well now i want to focus on a handful of players that uh some of the big time players that illinois is going to have this year you got a new quarterback and tommy devito what are your thoughts on him coming in yeah, so obviously when um, when we were going through the off season, it seemed pretty obvious that we were going to dip into the portal for a quarterback because we've done that for the last I don't even know right so many seasons I can't remember. Last time we actually developed a quarterback was probably Nathan Shieldhouse back in like two thousand eight, 
So Man. <laughs> we knew we were going to hit the portal for a quarterback, and a couple names were popping up that didn't make any sense, like really big names that you knew were just not in our ballpark. Um, and Tommy DeVito came up, and I can't remember who else he was deciding between, but when when he decided to go with us, I was, I was pretty, you know, pretty excited. I, he... I grew more and more excited the more I got to hear him, like in interviews, um, and people talk about him. So he's, again, kind of like a 180 from what we had before. So Brandon Peters, um, I think, is a really talented quarterback, like has all the intangibles Mm -hmm. and is just extremely talented. But he never had the, like, uh, the charisma or, like, on-field swagger. and I think Tommy DeVito has that in spades. All the stories that I hear is that he just can relate to every single person in the locker room. Um, he gets along well with everybody. Everybody kind of vibes with him. And he definitely has that that uh, charisma or personality that you know when the game's on the line or like you need a first down, you need a touchdown, he's going to be in the huddle and he's going to be like, hey, like we're making this happen. He's going to have that confidence, and I think in college, more importantly, like your your players feed off of that. You need somebody to like rally around. So I'm excited in that aspect to have somebody that's got a little bit different personality, a little bit of swagger. Um, I don't think he has to be phenomenal. Like we we don't need a uh, you know a Heisman candidate back there. I think if he can just be a, a serviceable, accurate quarterback that can rally the troops i think that's really all he needs to do i agree with you i think i think if he just if he's even keel and just does what he needs to do he doesn't like you said he doesn't have to be spectacular just just having that level playing will get you guys to another level i think yeah for sure and i I think he i think he can do it i mean when i was looking at his stuff from syracuse um you know, I think, I mean, he only started one year, I think, or maybe a, a year and a half, um, and then had an injury for, for one of the years and then lost the starting job after that. But, I mean, like 3,000 passing yards, um, like a 2.5 TD to interception ratio. Um, so, like, that stuff intrigues me. It seems like you right. can throw the ball around um, and – I think he'll have the opportunity to do that in, the, in this new offense. Absolutely. And the next guy I want to focus on, I think, is somebody that anybody who follows Illinois football and anybody probably around the Big Ten is going to know who this is. I mean, Chase Brown is as good as it gets at the running back position. I mean, what are your thoughts on him? Dude, Chase is a beast. <laughs> he <Man>. is. He <laughs> is insane. And, like, I'm not. I'm not one of those. I'm not mad or anything or like Joey that he's maybe not getting the uh, notoriety that he, that maybe he should be getting. But honestly, he is one of the top. I would. I would say he's in the top three of running backs in the Big Ten. Absolutely. And I, people are going to definitely take notice um, this season. I, I think he's going to run wild. Honestly, he's just he's prepped for it. I absolutely agree. I, I released a preseason All-American team earlier this evening, and, and he was one of the guys I considered for my list. I mean, he he's that good. 
if he was on Ohio State or Michigan or Michigan State or Wisconsin, any of the big, you know, right, the right. top tier Big Ten names, he would be garnering national attention. He would be, you know, potentially a Heisman watch list. Like, this dude is that good. I, I, I can't express it enough. And I'm just excited to see the season play out and hopefully see, you know, the season that we're all expecting from him. I, I completely agree. And I, I can't wait to see him play in person in a couple of days. I, I'm That's one of the things I'm excited about is to see a great player play in person. And that's what I'm going to get to see in a couple of days. And that excites me. Yeah. And he's, I mean, watch out. He's, he's really likely to run wild against Wyoming because they, they lost pretty much their entire defense right. the transfer portal. So I just have a really strong feeling that we're going to be able to run the ball and run the ball well. Um, and Chase can just do it all. He's, he's not, he's not just a power back. Like he has strength and he can shove like shovel off tackles, but he also has the breakthrough speed. Like if he sees a hole, the dude's gone. It's, mm-hmm. uh, he's just a thrill to watch. I'm looking forward to Saturday for sure. And the next guy I want to talk about is his uh, his running mate, uh, McCray, out of the backfield. He had a really good freshman season last year. Oh, incredible. It came out of nowhere, too. Like he, So when he got recruited, it was like, hey, this guy could be like one of Bielema's dudes. Like Bielema always has these big, strong running backs that are just super hard to take down and seem like they get five yards every carry. But we weren't expecting it for, you know, at least two years. Right. Right. He, he was way down on the depth chart. And as soon as he got reps and was getting in the game, like you just saw, he was just bigger and stronger than everybody else. Just running through people. He's it's, it's one of the better, I mean, one, two punches as far as running back rooms go. I don't want to even limit it to the big 10. Like I want to say in the nation, it's, it's one of the better one, two combos. I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I I go back. I remember sitting in my living room watching that Penn State game and just how how you guys were able to run the football when you knew that's what you guys were going to do the entire game, and you guys just continuously did what you had to do, and it, it was amazing. Yeah, I that that game was wild. Right? It was <laughs> the barge sets that they ran in that game where they just had you know nine people on the line yes <laughs> oh my god it, that was wild it's i not, hope we see more barge sets this year if not for anything just for novelty just to remind <laughs> us of the greatness that was the barge sets it's not something that you ever thought you were going to see in 2021 college football <laughs> no no you saw them line up and it was like what the hell are they doing <laughs> and then it's working and right and then you're not going to turn away from something that's working and just kept barge after barge it's like holy i can't believe it i, I mean, know <laughs> in the in the defense of chase brown and josh mccray like they regardless of the barge set they were doing that all season like they were they were facing um you know nine in the box just like something crazy because the passing game was basically just non-existent right like teams teams did not have to respect the pass at all they would just load up the box 
and those two guys still ran for uh, I, I don't know the stats exactly, but over a thousand rushing yards combined, right. even with that, you know, uh, even even with those loaded boxes. So I'm hoping, you know, to jump back to Tommy DeVito, like we said, if he could just be serviceable, if he can make mm-hmm. people respect the passing game, you know, move the chains with the with the pass a few times. I mean, sky's the limit for the running back room. Absolutely. And that kind of transitions into the next guy I was going to ask you about uh, at receiver, Juice Williams. Uh, just having a having a better quarterback now should really open things up for him. Yeah, I'm super excited for Isaiah. And it, it's funny you you call him Juice. So he doesn't go by Juice, just, just FYI, but I understand why you want to call him Juice because of uh, circa, you know, 07 with right. Williams at QB. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, but it, he goes by Isaiah, and I am really excited for him. His journey, I mean, talk about, I, we could talk about the dude as a football player, but the dude as a person is, he's just a phenomenal guy. Like, he went through, he went through some struggles. I mean, because he, he was a highly regarded recruit, right? And uh, wanted to play quarterback. Most of the big schools, you know, name, name your name your school, Alabama, Ohio State, you know, they they were recruiting this guy to come play wide receiver. Um, he wanted to play quarterback, so he comes to Illinois, and uh, he's used to being the you know the man, the dude, the the guy, the big guy on campus or whatever. Um, and then you know you start to he starts to see some some pitfalls and things aren't working out exactly as as he planned. And uh, he, he kind of opened up in an interview at the Big Ten Media Day and was, like, saying how he was, you know, definitely going through some, like, emotional struggles and depression and, you know, really struggling with, you know, who he is. Like, if he's not a quarterback, who is he? Because his whole life he's been the dude, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then, you know, just last year starts to transition to wide receiver. And you definitely saw flashes. Like, he has an innate ability to uh, elude tacklers and to make plays. He's just a playmaker, right? right? So you definitely saw flashes. And he was, you know, first time at wide receiver um, for the whole year and, you know, led the team in receptions and had over 500 receiving yards. So I'm really excited to see what Isaiah does this year, you know, with a, with a whole year uh, of experience and confidence under his belt at receiver. Um, and from the interviews that I've heard from the spring game and training camp, um, he's he's really confident. He's just ready to really dive in and and um, and really show the world like who he is as a receiver. That's awesome, and I, and I love to hear that story of him like sharing uh, like his personal struggles that he's having. Because I mean, there's so many athletes that go through that, and it's just there's been a stigma for way too long about that yeah no question and, and even a stigma just in general about mental health and, and right athletes and football players in general like having to you know put on this brave face and you know not not speak of that kind of stuff and to hear him talk about it and the honesty with which he talked about it i got goosebumps man i mean he was he was just a hundred percent honest a hundred percent himself and um 
you know, it was great to hear him open up about that. And then now to see him starting to see that success that he had anticipated, maybe not at the same position, um, but to start to see that collegiate athletic, uh, you know, success, it's just a great story. And I'm looking forward to him, you know, adding another chapter to that story this season. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's going to be a guy that I'm cheering for all season Look, or the, for his whole career. I mean, just to I mean, you want to see guys like that have success, and he definitely seems like he can. Yeah, I mean, he like I said, he has the talent. He's a playmaker. He's a little bit undersized, I guess, but what he makes up for that, you know, in speed um, and heart, and just he's super intelligent. He just he just knows the game. Um, so I, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm going to be pushing for him all the way. I, I think he's going to have a real uh, breakthrough season at wide receiver this year. The, the next player I want to talk about is somebody who in the, in the first half of that Nebraska game last year, looked like he was going to be an all American. <laughs> I mean, just the way he was playing and, and <laughs> Calvin Hart jr. I mean, he, he was unstoppable in that game. And unfortunately for him and for Illinois, he gets injured. But I mean, what, what do you expect from him coming into this year? Man, I mean, you're right. That that Nebraska game last year when he just burst onto the scene and was just – it seemed like he was everywhere. Like yeah. He was making play after play. Um, it was wild. It, it was a scene. And then he, you know, obviously goes down, injury. And they happen. It sucks. Um, but, yeah, he, it's such a small sample size. Right, I, right. I, you, <laughs> You gotta hope if he can produce even at half of what we saw in that small sample size, he's gonna be a really good linebacker in the Big Ten. Absolutely, like you said. I mean, it's the smallest sample size in the world, but yeah. it, it was special. <laughs> it, it was, yeah, it was out of this. I mean, he just burst out of the scene. Like he's an NC State transfer, and he, you know, wasn't going to have a position at NC State because they had a lot of senior uh you know uh experienced guys that kind of had the position locked up so when he transferred to illinois it was like you know maybe he maybe he could be you know a suitable big time linebacker like maybe he can provide some some depth or rotation piece but just burst on the scene and it's just like I, there's one play i remember vividly where he pretty sure he forced the fumble recovered the yep, fumble yep and took it back for a touchdown like yep. just, just manhandled whatever that poor Nebraska player's name was yep I, um, I remember that yeah it was insane yeah I I agree it was it was remarkable I the ne next one I want to look into is the new offensive coordinator uh Barry Looney what what do you think uh, he's coming from UTSA they obviously had a fire some firepower on their offense last year what do you what are your thoughts heading into the season with him? Well, here's what I'll say. The offense can't get worse. So that's, that's there's a very low bar to jump right, over. So right. I feel very confident that, uh, that Coach Lonnie can do that. Um, and we know firsthand how potent the UTSA offense was. They whooped us. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they, they put... Uh, I think it was like 45 points on us. Um, 
they looked potent for sure. And it's definitely one of those one of those teams that came in that as Illinois fans, we were looking at them and like we were like, why can't we do this? They're they're making this look so easy. Why can't we do this? Because we we it really haven't had a potent offense uh, in so long. So um, really excited to see what he brings um, to the Illini. The basically from from what I've heard from him. We don't know a whole lot. It's been, you know, pretty closed door to try and get the advantage, you know, this year. But mm-hmm. um, trying to bring some balance to the pass and run, which obviously we need, um, and then also trying to up the tempo a little bit. Um, and I mean, I know he's worked with Coach B in the past, so um, I like that connectivity as well. You know, they had that history of working together, so they're obviously comfortable around each other. Um, and everything that I hear about Coach Loney um, from the you know training camp interviews is just that he has a, a way of connecting with the players um, on a uh, intellectual level. So he's it sounds like he's just a really good teacher. Um, he started in the high school coaching ranks, I'm pretty sure, and kind of worked his way up from there. Um, and as I'm sure you very well know, to you know coach in high school you can't just be knowledgeable. You can't just be like a good X's and O's coach. You have to be able to teach that, you mm-hmm. know, to the, to the young mind. So I'm excited to, you know, to just to see what he implements. And like I said, by, by all regards from training camp, he's just connecting well and explaining and teaching well. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he rolls out on Saturday for sure. And that's what you guys need. Yeah, I mean, we just need balance. The running right. back room, like we talked about, is so good. Um, and I think the the offensive line lost a little bit. I mean, I'd say a little bit. They lost, you know, two, two NFL draft picks. Wait, mm-hmm. three? I don't know. Two, two or three offensive line NFL draft picks. Um, so it's hard to replace that. But I think the offensive line is going to be good enough to let the running backs do what they need to do. So if you can just bring a semblance of balance to the offense, you can really lean on that running back room to do, you know, do some damage this year. Absolutely. And the next question, I'm going to kind of group it together with a couple different things. Like your uh, realistic expectations for Illinois coming into this year, kind of like your season breakdown. And kind of see how uh, how you see it playing out in the Big Ten West. Yeah, for sure. So um, let's I guess let's start with the over under. So over under is at four and a half wins. Um, I feel really confident in the over. I'm not a betting man, so let me caveat that. Um, not a betting man, but I do feel real confident in getting at least five wins. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the bar, as it should be at minimum for every single college football team, is six wins and get to a bowl game. I think that should be everybody's bare minimum goal, six wins in a bowl game. Um, So obviously, I I would like to hit that. I think it's very possible with the schedule that they have. Um, And I'm trying to pull the schedule up now, unless you have it handy. 
Um, well, obviously, week zero, we know. Right. Um, Wyoming, you're going to be at that game. Yes. Um, originally, when Wyoming was first on the schedule, I was nervous. And <laughs> not even justifiably nervous. I was only nervous because I knew Wyoming was the home of, um, what's, it, what's his name in, at the Bills? Josh Allen. Yes, I knew he was the home of Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. So then all of a sudden, just like, for whatever reason, became scared of Wyoming. Um, and then, you know, I'm not, not trying to overlook Wyoming at all. I, they have a really good coach um, that has won multiple national championships at the FCS level, I think, in yep. uh, South Dakota or one of the Dakotas. North Dakota um, State. What was that? North Dakota State. Okay, yeah, North Dakota State. So they, they have a really good coach, but with the amount of talent that they lost from last year to the portal, I, I'm feeling pretty confident about week one. How, how do you feel about week one? What, what do you know about Wyoming? I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, they it, like you said, they they lose a ton, and that's, that's going to be – that's going to be the problem for them going into this year. I mean, they, they only have three starters back on offense and only two starters back on defense. So, I mean, the, continuity is going to be a big question mark for them going into the opening game. I mean, like you said, they're very well coached, but they have a ton, they got a ton of transfers in as well just because they had to to fill, to fill guys, uh, to fill a roster. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how quickly they can gel. Yeah, yeah, I'm. It's tough. I mean, I I don't care how good of a coach you are when you lose when you only have that many returners. You said two on offense and three on defense. Three on offense, two on defense. Yeah, vice yeah. versa. I mean, that's that's just tough. That's tough to overcome, especially week one or, or you know week zero. Right. I, <laughs> I have no doubt they'll be able to mesh as the season goes on, but that's really tough week zero. Absolutely. Then that um, that next game, uh, next fr Friday night, they play at Indiana. Right, right. The, the Big Ten opener at Indiana. Which I'm also um, looking I'm, to maybe go to that game, too. I might be there. Ooh, there you go. I've been to Bloomington once for a game, um, and their tailgating scene is really good, um, and their stadium's really nice, too. So, so that, that would be a treat. Um, they, you might turn it to an Illinois family. Catching an Illini game, <laughs> right? Uh, right. <laughs> um, I'm torn about the Indiana game, honestly. Um, a lot of people are confident about that one because Indiana's coming off a you know two and ten record. But I, I don't know. I I believe in in Tom Allen a little bit. I believe that you know he, he's a he's a good coach, um, and that they'll they'll kind of find you know level a little bit this year. Um, the advantage, we're going to have one game of experience, so the guys are going to be, you know, hopefully loose and playing a little bit more freely, less nerves and jitters. Um, but obviously, Indiana's going to have a whole week of film, so it's right. kind of a double-edged sword in that aspect. Absolutely. I, I I agree with you. I think Tom Allen is a very good coach, and they got uh, – uh, from uh, Missouri, they got, I believe it was Connor Baselick to transfer in at quarterback. So maybe he'll be able to level things off there. Uh, I, they had a ton of injuries last year too. That, so that was part of their problem too. But 
I think they're too well coached to be two and ten again. Yeah, I agree. I, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna level out, and I think a lot of, at least from what I've heard, a lot of Illinois fans kind of banking on that being a win, and I really see that more like a toss up. I mean, they're gonna be hungry. It's gonna be their home opener, week one college football. Like they're gonna be up for that game, mm-hmm. regardless of us having a game of experience. So that one's gonna be tough. I, I, I that that one's a toss up for me. And then week. The following week, you guys host Virginia. Yeah, Virginia. I I feel a lot better about Virginia than Indiana, and I'll tell you why. So, history, well, not history, but if you look at last year's game, you would say, why would you feel confident in all, at all about Virginia with the way that they manhandled you? And what I would say is that even though they're returning um, a lot of their skill players, like they, they still got their – their quarterback, mm-hmm. the junior Andy Dalton-looking guy, right. <laughs> um, and then uh, you know all their receivers. So they got their skill players that they're returning, um, but I guess they lost their entire offensive line. So that's that's a huge deal, the continuity there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, they lost their head coach too, right? Bron- right. Bronco yep. Mendenhall retired yep. or something. Yep. Yeah. So th- so there's that. You got a new coaching regime. No, regime new um you know um new what's the word i'm looking for just um new theories and new playbooks and mm-hmm. you know all of that stuff that you got to go through with a with a new coaching staff so I, I i like our chances in that game i i like a like a good um redemption game i guess against virginia because we did not show well last year um, and I think the guys will be up to kind of redeem themselves this year. Um, so I, I, I put my confidence at like 60, 70% for that Virginia game. I'm interested to hear you say that because I, I think that's a, that's a big game for you guys, because I think if you win that game, it could propel you into something, something really good for the season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let, what's your takes? What, what do you think? Um, about that game and about Virginia. I, I think they can definitely win the game just because of so like you said, so many changes going going into it for Virginia. I mean, yes, they have Brennan Armstrong back and he is an absolutely talented quarterback. But no question. But there, there there's a lot of new faces there on that team and on the coaching staff and everything. And and I also believe in that redemption aspect like you do like you're saying. So I I, I think that Illinois can start the year off three and zero, and then going into the next game potentially would be four and zero. I think, I think it's definitely possible. I think it's possible too. Um, I think if I'm putting on my my realistic cap, I'm I'm going with three and one. Obviously, yeah. my optimistic cap. I do see four and zero as a possibility, um, and then my nut cup cap is two and two. Mm-hmm. Um, could could definitely see us dropping. Uh, Indiana right. and Virginia. But, but yeah. I do see Tennessee and Chattanooga. Tennessee, Chattanooga as a win, and, and I am kind of expecting a win week zero against Wyoming. But I, I agree with you. I think 4-0 is within the realm of possibility. Absolutely. And, I mean, we, we can kind of skip the Chattanooga. I mean, you don't want to ever overlook anybody. Chattanooga's actually got a very good FCS program, but a Big Ten team should be able to handle an FCS team without a 
without any issues. So yes, so. hopefully we are we are past the days of struggling against FCS teams. There was times I, I've yes. been to games where we struggled against FCS teams. Um, I, I have faith in Bert that uh, that we won't have to deal with that. Right, and then the it'll be the following week his re- uh, return to Wisconsin. So that'll be really yeah. really interesting. Yeah, forget about that one. That's an L. <laughs> yeah, let's yep. just all put our let's yep. all put our optimistic hopes aside. You're dropping that one at Wisconsin. I I agree. Then the next two weeks, you got home games against Iowa and Minnesota from the West. Yeah, and and last year you you had a really good showing against Minnesota, and you darn near beat Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you split those. I think you're gonna pick up one and you're gonna drop the other. And I think the one you pick up is Iowa. Um, I know they're super talented. They're always well coached. They're always just a, a good, a good football program. Um, but we haven't beat them since '08, and with the way that we played last year, I just think we're due. I think we're just due for a win over the Hawkeyes. Um, so I think you split those. I think you pick up Iowa, and I think you might drop Minnesota again. That revenge, you know, factor we were talking about with the mm-hmm. Virginia game. I think Minnesota might might want to, you know, revenge some demons from last year's game. I mean, we made them fire their defensive coordinator, for God's sake. (laughs) I'm also high on Minnesota going into this season with the return of uh, Mo Ibrahim at running back. Mo, yeah. Yeah, so I I honestly, I I agree with you. I think you split it. I think you beat Iowa, and I think Minnesota could be an L. I'm in full agreement with that. So if if we're counting our – Counting our cards right. I'm, I'm going to take I'm going to take three and one from the from mm-hmm. the op- from the opening four, um, and then you say you drop Wisconsin. Right. You're talking three and two, and then you split Iowa Minnesota. Um, you know you're talking four and three. So four and three heading to Nebraska. Yep. <sighs> don't love that game. I agree. I don't love that game. It it's at Nebraska. It's uh it's at a you know. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not hungry, but uh, Scott Frost needs this season. They, yeah, they have to. They have to win. <laughs> Very simply put, they need this season, and part of them having the season that they need is them beating us on October 29th. You know, right in Lincoln, Nebraska. So I just don't love that game. I think you do drop that one. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we've played Nebraska really well for the last. Oh gosh, the last four to six years, handful of years, yeah, good. But we just we seem to play them really well. I agree. I agree. I think that like I going to Nebraska always extremely difficult, <clears throat> and then like you said, with with what Nebraska has to do this year, I I, th- I think it I think that one turns out to be an L. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking so too. So now what? We're talking four and four with four games left. Yep, yep. Ooh, we're starting to sweat bullets now. <laughs> we're starting to sweat bullets because you, you look down the schedule and you got yep Michigan State at home. Okay, Michigan State. I they're good. I'm not saying that they're not good, but I do think the Tucker train or no, yeah, yep. What's it? Mel Mel yeah, Tucker, Tucker yeah, train. Yeah, Mel Tucker. I do think the Tucker train is. A little bit overhyped. What's your take on Michigan State? I, I I like him. I like what he's doing. 
I, I do think that there is a l- potentially a little bit too much buzz around it, though. Uh, they, they, they're one of those teams going into this year that are hard to kind of project, in my opinion. <clears throat> I like I kind of look at them the same way I kind of look at Clemson. Like they could be really good, but they also could win eight games. Like yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know really what to expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no question. It, like you said, very well put. Hard, hard to gauge. I do, I do think they're super talented, and mm-hmm. I do think he's a good coach. Uh, so I do think you take the L on that one. But I mean, I mean, it's at home. It would, the, it the wouldn't one, surprise I, me. Go ahead. It wouldn't surprise me if they won. I would say it's definitely my my upset pick. Like if they mm-hmm. were to get an upset over somebody that nobody thinks they're going to get a win against. It's that, that home game against Michigan state. Right. Um, but for the sake of our, our analysis and our going through the schedule, I'm going to say an L on that one. So now we're talking four and five. Now mm-hmm. we're really sweating. Now we're, we're worried at this point. I'm worried that I'm not going to get the, the four and a half over that. I bet my, you know, <laughs> mirage money on. So, <laughs> This is getting scary. So now we're down to Purdue at home. Purdue's good. I respect Brahm as a coach, mm-hmm. but I but I think you get that one. I, I, I think I, I think, think so you too. Find a way against Purdue. I think so too. Well, that's good. Thank God we're <laughs> at five. We hit the over, and nobody's mad at me because I told them to put the over because we hit it. We we beat Purdue. We we got the over. Everyone made their money. We're happy. Now we go to your place. Uh, at Michigan, the big house, that's another L. Let's yeah. just mark that up. We don't have to talk about it. Right. Um, <laughs> Michigan's too good. Um, you know, they proved it last year with their Big Ten championship. Bravo, Harbaugh. You know, it's been people, – people were starting to, to whisper their – or had been whispering their doubts for sure. And it was – it's good to see somebody besides Ohio State win. I'll be honest. I don't know Absolutely. about anybody else, but it's good to see somebody besides Ohio State win. I, I, I will say I have been one of the Harbaugh, uh, one of the negative people on Harbaugh, actually for a very long time. So I was happy to see him have success, though. Well, good. Well, good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't care how well we play. I think you take the L there. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're talking what? We're five and six. Five and six. Five and six, heading to Northwestern to take on Pat Fitzgerald and the Wildcats for the in-state rivalry. What's it called? The Top Hat Trophy. I think it's called Land of Lincoln Trophy. Yes. <laughs> um, and you're five and six, and you're fighting for a bowl game. Book it. Um, I agree. Um, I agree. Six and six going to the bowl game. I agree. I think I real I really really believe that Illinois hits that six and six mark. Yeah, I. I think that they can hit six and six if if they have one of those like if we're talking ceiling like they just kind of have a special season out of the blue whatever Chase Brown just goes insane like the offense looks totally revamped Isaiah Williams goes for 750 plus yard receiving yards and Chase Brown is a thousand yard back like if they have a season like that which is like you know maybe five percent possible um 
I think you're looking at seven wins. Yeah. Um, and that would be a really special season for Illinois if, if if Brett could lead us to seven and five in year two. I mean, think about the momentum that you could build. No, no other Illinois head coach has would have that same momentum that Brett would have going into right. year three. Absolutely. That that would be. I, I mean, I don't want to say monumental, but it would be huge. Absolutely huge. Uh, like I said, so who was I listening to? I was listening to uh, the 200 level, which is uh, uh, Mike Carpenter. He's got a podcast that he talks about Illinois athletics. Um, and he mentioned something that I thought was, was a really good point. So um, every other Illinois football coach that has come before has always followed pretty much the same trajectory. Garbage, one, some usually worse garbage in year two, you know, and then year three, you start to get some traction year four, you, you know, you maybe have a special year or, you know, you get to a bowl. Right. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. then in year five, you're, you're, you know, on ESPN or ABC or, you know, FS one, and they're showing your coach on the sideline and there's got, got their little record there, you know, and, it's abysmal. Every Illinois football coach has had abysmal records. Like Lovey at the end was like, I don't know, 10 and 30 or something crazy. And it's like, well, they, they're really building now. Like they're starting to get some traction, but I don't care how good the traction is. You see that little, yeah, you see that, that number, <laughs> that win percentage. And it's just like, Oh wow. These, these guys are, they're not that good. You know? <laughs> so if Brett could, then he's looking at a 500 record through two years. Like that's something you could actually build something off of. Right. The, the, the last, the last thing I want to talk about before we get off the air is my upcoming game experience at Memorial stadium and tailgating in the Grove. I just want to hear your uh, insight on both of those. Yeah. So super excited for you to be, you know, up the tailgate scene so um the grove is awesome it's a recent development on the west side of the stadium that they basically converted into this open tailgate lot so like you don't need a lot ticket it's not paid for like it's not the elite of the elite of the you know alumni that are there which it used to be um it's just the open tailgate atmosphere They've got, you know, they've got like a music stage, so they're playing live music. They've got uh, events for the kids, so they usually have like inflatables that, you know, inflatable obstacles or like the, um, like one of those called dizzy bolts, or, you know, mm-hmm. um, whatever. They they have things to do. It's a fun time in there. Um, and they've got one side which is dedicated to the students, so there's it's usually just like a boatload of drinking going on over there, which is always fun to see. Um, and then on the other side, it's kind of like your your regular old people, I guess, which is <laughs> where we're gonna be. Um, so yeah, definitely go through the Grove if you can get there. Um, I think about an hour, well, not an hour couple of hours before kickoff they do uh, what's this it's called like grove walk uh-huh. um, where the coach 
coaches and the players will kind of all walk through the center. Um, all the fans will kind of like get around and just like slap hands, give knocks, just like give their encouragements or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and then and then the band will actually play in front of the stadium and do like a fifteen minute thing. It's a pretty good. It's a pretty good uh, tradition that they've kind of started recently. So I highly recommend that. Um, definitely recommend swinging through my tailgate tent. You're invited. Whoever's listening to this, you're also invited. Um, I'll drop the details of where we are exactly in the Grove so you can see. Um, but we're going to have, you know, food, music, games, drinks, um, you know, just all that classic uh, tailgate stuff. I can smell it already, dude. I can smell yep, it... <laughs> burgers and the brats grilling. I can taste the first sip of that ice cold beer on a Saturday morning, knowing that there is college football going on and my beloved fighting line. I are playing later that afternoon. I I'm stoked and I hope to see you there. I, you absolutely will. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Yep. Um, and then where, where are your seats in the stadium? <laughs> I, I should know that, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I asked because there's a huge discrepancy between east side game and west side game i say that because the west side of the stadium has been recently remodeled okay so like all the bathrooms are nice the concessions i think are are nicer it's just a better game day experience on the west side not saying it's going to be bad on the east side but it's just maybe a tier down um, and then I've never, I don't want to say never, I've been in the horseshoe maybe once or twice, and that's not bad either. Peter, people are usually pretty rambunctious in the horseshoe, so that's always fun. I know I'm not in the horseshoe. I do know that. <laughs> I just okay. don't, I don't know, I should know that, but I don't know which side I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, no worries. Hey, whatever side you're on, it will be fun. Absolutely. Um, hey, have you been to an Illinois football game yet? I have not. Many basketball, okay. many basketball games, but not football. Okay, okay. Well, um, it's not going to be like the big house. I will tell you that. Um, but I do think they have a pretty decent um, game day atmosphere at Memorial Stadium. Um, I think you're going to enjoy it. I, I'll, I'll talk with you after and get your take. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, I thank you so much for jumping on with me tonight. I, I, I this is something new I'm going to start doing. Uh, the w- couple days before I go to a game, I'm going to interview a fan of whichever team I'm going to. And I- I've really enjoyed this. I'm, I'm excited to get to Champaign in a couple days for the game. All right, man. I mean, I, I appreciate it, too. This has been awesome. been great to talk a lot of football with you. Um, great podcast. Great interview. It was It was fantastic. Thank you for having me. And... Week zero can't come soon enough. Go align there. Absolutely. And again, thank you to all my listeners who tune in uh, daily, weekly to all my shows. I really, really appreciate you guys. Have a good night. God bless.